I got to sit down tonight with my old friend, Barry Smith. Barry has gone from becoming kind of a street punk, I guess you'd call him, something like that, to an impressive man of God. And I want to listen to you, you to listen to him and his story about how that changed and what a miraculous set of events it was. And so this is the Dale Wiley Show. Listen to DaleWileyShow.com. Listen to 15MinuteMiracles.com. And listen to the story of the hero and miracle, Barry Smith. Indeed, in a day when everything was hard, we finally get to talk to my friend, Barry Smith. And so I'd just like to start by explaining how difficult it was to set up this call. <laughs> indeed, indeed. <laughs> well, so this is a coronavirus day, and we will it will forever be known as the coronavirus day. But, you know, we basically had multiple, many problems in getting this set up that really kind of starts from last Friday. Yeah. It did. No. It's been going on for a minute now. <laughs> well, so anyway, now we are connected, and now we are talking. And so basically, I want to hear about the the journey that you've had from the little stoner kid that I used to see on the streets to, you know, the amazing, like, change man that you've become. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. I'll, I'll give you a... a shortened version of a very long story. Okay. But, you, know, you know, give that, us whatever you want. We got time now. <laughs> well, you, you know the town that I grew up in because you grew up in it. Uh, oh, yes. Definitely. Uh, uh, Crane, yeah. Missouri. Crane, Missouri. Of course, we've seen uh, different generations and different times in Crane and a lot of, yes. of course, when I was a teenager, uh, you could walk down the street in Crane with a bottle of alcohol and probably get away with it, maybe get told to go home. Um, yeah. It's not that world anymore. <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, now you'll be in Stone County Jail on the roster. And um, But anyway, I grew up in Crane in a time where the town was still pretty quiet. Kids could um, – run around at, you know, eight or nine years old around town and nobody had to worry that anything terrible was going to happen to them. You know, right. it was, a, it was a kind of a carefree time. And of course I was a free spirit. I've always loved rock and roll music. And, uh-huh. uh, and, uh, at about 12 years old, I really took a liking to the guitar. And, um, and for me, my understanding was, that if you're going to play guitar, then you need to party like a guitar player. <laughs> so, um, so, so I was practicing the lifestyle, you know. Yeah. To, uh, well, you know, and you were always very likable, and you always liked to be because I had started a record label. You know. Absolutely. Well, that's how we found it, man. Well, and and you know, I remember the first time that I really bonded with you was when you were serving as a teacher's aide at the school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was teaching. Yeah, I was. Yep. yep. And then uh, and then, and then, then you started teaching there. And that. so we spent some time kind of getting to know each other then. And then definitely. later on, I, uh, I believe I was 17 or 18 whenever I was squatting in the uh, old abandoned apartments above the laundromat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, and the record label was down around the corner. 
Right, exactly. Downstairs. And, and I felt like during that time I was a pretty raw musician. Uh-huh. And you know, you would give me stuff and I'd listen to it. And I always thought that, you know, I just always thought that anyone that had the drive that you did to do that would get something done. That was my feeling. Well, and, you know, I I tried um, to to pursue that, but, of course, drugs and alcohol would always get in the way for me. <laughs> and so, okay. you know, even even for, for just about anything in my life, drugs and alcohol were such a big part of my life that I couldn't really achieve anything. I, You know, Dale, I didn't even get my driver's license until I was 23 years old. Really? Yeah, I... Uh, well, first off, I'd have had to been sober long enough to take the test, so right. <laughs> that that was going to be a challenge for me. Definitely. <laughs> and um, part of my journey, you know, is of course as a as a a later teenager, I I started seeing some things and and kind of deciding who I thought I wanted to be um, deep down, not the exterior guy that that I was trying to show people, you know that. I was going to be some sort of rock star, or, uh-huh. you know, uh, you know, just that kind of lifestyle. But right. what I'd always really wanted to be was a dad, to be a husband, okay. you know, to, uh, and of course a musician. But I, you know, I was kind of looking for an identity, and I and I was really uh-huh. confused, you know. And between, you know, going through pain and everybody goes through pain, you know, suffering some losses and um, struggles and, and just different things. I went, I went through some hardships, you know, even with in a small town, you know, people that you really look up to, maybe even sometimes in the local church, uh, that may not be correct, you know, or may not be, you know, and, and adults, if we're not careful, can speak things into kids' lives that should never be said. Um, oh, yeah. You know, and and then, and then uh, uh, for me, I think that there some of that even happened, and I gravitated towards what people said about me. I'm not going to blame them. I'm a grown man now, you know. Uh-huh. Um, but but I think some of that kind of befell me too. You know that you know if this is what people are saying about me, and that's what they believe, yeah, then I prove it true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and not only I think that there was a part of me that said, not only am I going to prove it true. But I'm going to take some of their kids with me. Oh no! Really? Okay. And and so there was there was kind of a, a a hurt and a spite and a rebellion in me too, you know. Um, and I and I and so I not only partook in that lifestyle, but I I began to find kids that you know maybe I felt like their parents didn't give me a fair shot and and said, hey, let me show you something, you know. And I oh, really. And I and I became that bad influence in some of their lives that that they had said I was uh-huh. when I had you know when I hadn't been yet and so you know part of the driving force of what what's in my heart now is not only you know as I got older and I had kids and everything I always said when I was younger that I would never be I became you know uh-huh. the all of the negative traits uh-huh. but. I, you know, of course, I went on this uh, journey to seek who who is Barry. You know, who am I? You know, sure. Because 
surely my kids and my wife deserve better than what I've created. Sure. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, while my kids were still fairly young and and my relationship with my wife was fairly new, um, I began to make attempts to to better my life, you know, and and kind of pull out of that lifestyle. I have several attempts at rehab, you know. I, Um, I went I went into uh, rehab a few different times, but I remember, I remember the biggest breakthrough early on. Somebody had asked me, one of my counselors. They said, "Barry, do you even want to quit?" And really? with all, all sincerity and a complete broken heart, I said, "No, but I want to want to quit." Uh-huh. You know, and I just had to be honest with myself, with uh-huh. them. You know, do I want to stop? living this life no but i want to want to stop i want to want something else bad uh-huh. enough to leave this and yes um, and after i said that uh it was later on that evening that we went to a service at a, at a church called new harmony baptist church uh, okay. in salem missouri and while they were giving a message um God just really began to speak to my heart. You know, I, I really started to have faith again for the first time in a long time. And I mean, so long that the last time that I'd really felt loved by God and comforted by God, I think I was eight years old and it was at the church camp, the Methodist church camp out there in Halltown, you know? Okay. And then um, as, as I, all this, as I was seeking God, all this, all these feelings started to happen, you know, and good ones, bad ones, feelings from somewhere in between, you know, um, but just like all the stuff I'd numbed myself to for a long time, it was like God okay. was just putting it in front of me. What year was this? So this would have been, I would have been uh, 21 years old. Okay. So, so I think that would have been around 2003, maybe. Okay. I I'm not not perfect on my math. Sure. But I but I know it was during that time that I really started to seek and 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 want to come out of what I'd been in and um this was the time that I finally uh completed a rehabilitation program all the way. And what was the rehab for? What were you mainly involved in? Well, uh, you know, at the time I was alcohol was always my main drug of choice and uh-huh. um, then just basically anything to go with it. You know, I had struggled for years with methamphetamine, with uh-huh. uh, opiates, you know. Um, I, I kind of went, went through the gauntlet of, of all of it, you know. And um, uh-huh. so as I as I was coming out of it and, and I was trying to reform my life, um, I ran into some people and listen, some of these people that I met are people right now that the church would have nothing to do with to okay. this day. And God used these people to love me and, and to draw me closer to him, you know. Okay. Uh-huh. And it's it's uh it's surprising, you know, and I, I could start listing some names and some crimes and some just different things that some of these people even are, are struggling with still. But Man, it it doesn't change how God used them to bless me. Yeah, exactly. You know, Romans eight twenty eight says that He makes all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Right. 
and that's one of my life scriptures. You know, whenever I don't understand something, I just say, you know what, faith says you're going to make this work. Right. You know? And um, and so as as I was going through through those changes and uh, you know there were times I had high spots and low spots. I, uh-huh. I've yet to meet anybody in the church who has arrived. <laughs> Unless they're dead, you know. No, that's the only arrival point. <laughs> well, well, and I and I have to admit, Dale, that there was a time that um I was kind of struggling in my faith, and and I'd fallen back into drinking some, and this was okay. after me and my wife had been through some stuff, and uh, I think I was around. 28, 29 years old, and I was getting pretty active on Facebook while I was drinking, you know, and I, <laughs> I was kind of my grandson. That's a bad combination. And, you know, you had said something to me one time, and, you know, some people go on Facebook to, to ridicule people or to hurt their feelings or make uh-huh. them, you know, see right. their point of view. And sure. um, you had said something to me that has – even to this day, I hear that echo sometimes, and it changes the way that I think, and it gives well, me humility again. You, you, you said, Barry, I'm going to tell you the truth. No matter how much we love Jesus, we're all still kind of turds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't remember saying that, but that's great that you hear that. That's well, awesome. Well, because that's, that's the reality, you know. I mean, I... Uh, I love God, and and He's changed my life in so many ways. But man, I, sometimes I just feel like a turd floating in living water. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but but anyway, you know, me and my wife were, and that was at a time where I was really trying to seek again too. I kind of went back into my own way. I even started, you know, selling marijuana again and things like that, uh-huh. and just. I just thought that I was doing it better. You know, I was more professional now. I was selling it to uh, people out at Stonebridge. People. You know? <laughs> yeah, professional <laughs> people, you know. So now that I'm selling drugs to, to professional folk and retired folk out of High-class drug dealing. Right. Exactly. High-class high clientele, <laughs> no no drama, you know what I mean, just money. Right. Um, but, but, you know, I started to seek the Lord because I remember I had a time where I was in the backyard and, I was drinking beer, and uh, one of my daughters came up to me, and they were just little then, and and she said, Daddy, I want to show you something. I said, not right now. I'm busy, and I kind of pushed her to the side a little, you know. And uh, Yeah. And right after that happened, the, the old country song came on, Walk a Little Straighter, Daddy. Uh-huh. And it broke my heart, man, because uh-huh. I realized that God was trying to talk to me through that song, you know. Uh-huh. Because it says, walk a little straighter, Daddy. You're leading me. Uh-huh. You know, and and so as I realized, that's that's what God was saying is, hey, look at what I've given you. You know, look at this right. blessing. Look at yes. this family. What are you going to do with it? You know, right. and I was and I was just kind of broken. And I and I said, well, God, I don't I don't know what to do. You know, and and that was kind of where I laid that down. Okay. Well, I. I prayed a little bit, and then I just kind of put that to the side. And um, I remember a couple of days later, me and my wife had had a discussion, and, you know, I needed to quit the drinking. And, you know, um, 
And of course she was upset, you know, because I was focused on that and not on our family. Right. And so I tried to quit drinking and it had been, I think four or five days. And I, I was trying to quit everything. I even had called a guy uh, and it's really sad. It's a strange turn of events. You know, the guy that I called to get rid of the last of the marijuana I had, which is a couple of pounds. Uh, wow. He came, he came and got it from me. And he was actually the first guy that had ever sold me marijuana. So I bought my first from him, and he bought my last from me. Okay. And and he's a close friend. I won't say his name, but he died not much longer after that. They'd said it was a suicide. Um, oh. And, uh, with who was the people he was involved with, I have a hard time believing that. But uh-huh. but anyway, um, and, and that was on me too, you know, thinking about that and going through that pain. And, uh, I I was um, just I started seeking God again, and I but I was still struggling. And I one night I'd gotten into my daughter's piggy bank and I'd okay. stolen change out of it so I could go to Crane and get some oxycotton. And, um, and this was, I was, uh, I was just getting ready to turn 30. Okay. And how old are you now? I'm 38 now. Okay. Yeah. And so I, I stole the money and I went and I got Oxycontin and I remember pulling into my driveway and, you know, I'd snuck out, you know, it was like three or four in the morning while my whole family was in there sleeping I stole money from my daughter, and here I am sitting in my driveway getting ready to get high with um, the money that I stole from my daughter. I'm at a place where I'm trying to trying to get my life together, but I just am so weak. And I remember just saying, God, if you're real, um, and if you love me, and not like church folks talk about, but I mean if you're the God that created this earth right. with your word, you can heal me, um, and I believe you. But I need you to show me. And, man, for the next two hours, I was, like, paralyzed by love, dude. I mean, I, really? I, don't, I don't know any other way to explain it. You know, I just uh, – all of a sudden, I had a complete peace over me. I didn't need that, that drug. You know, I didn't, I didn't need anything. And, and uh, you know, it was a really intimate moment with God. And, and okay. uh, I just said, God, put somebody in my life. You know, okay. I, I need, I need people, you know, right. And, and I was thinking about folks in the church and I really didn't want any of them <laughs> <laughs> just to be honest, you know, that's, that's very honest and extremely humbling. Well, it, but you know, that's just kind of where I was at. I was like, yeah. I don't need, need judgment. I need help. You right. Know? I don't need somebody to to tell me that I need to be better. Everybody knows we need to be better. You know, right. sure. everybody wants to be the best version they can of themselves. But God put yes. somebody in my life that that's going to help me be who You want me to be. And okay. uh, and then a few days later, I of course you know I'm trying to stay sober. But man, I've always got this itch to play that guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, Definitely. okay. Maybe I can start a band, you know. Okay. And so, so I called my brother Rick and I said, "Hey man, uh, do you know any musicians in the scene right now looking to do anything?" And he said, "What are you wanting to do?" And I said, "Well, I want to start a rock project, just something here local, nothing big, you know." Sure. And he was like, "Well, I know this. Uh, I know this bass player. He's come around the shop a few times. I, 
worked on some stuff for him, and uh, his, his name's Richard. They call him Thumper. He said, I'll give you his number. And I was like, okay, cool. So he gives me the number, and and I call him, and I'm like, hey, man, I'm wanting to start a rock project. My brother Rick told me you play bass. And he was like, yeah, I went out, and I played with Rick a few times. And he said, but that's just not not my cup of tea. And uh, he said, but I'll come over. I was like, all right, well, sounds good. And I was just wanting to get close to God, but I was not making a, a whole lot of effort. And I prayed that prayer, but I wasn't really doing anything about it. And uh-huh. uh, Then Thumper shows up out at my house, and I have never met him before. And I look out my window, and I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to let this dude in my house or not. <laughs> you know, I mean, big dude with leathers and a long hair and a, a, a do-rag and smoking a cigarette. Uh, and, you know, I just, I don't know if I want this dude in my house or not. And then he comes up to the door and I'm like, hey, my name's Barry. He's like, I'm Thumper, Richard, they call me Thumper. <laughs> I'm like, well, come in. And uh, we jam for a little bit. And while we're jamming, Thumper looks at me towards the end of it, and he says, man, that's pretty good. He said, you want to get together again? I was like, yeah. I said, I know a drummer down the road. Okay. And, uh, we can call him, and I called him, and he said, yeah, let's get together Tuesday. So Thumper was like, all right, Tuesday it is. And uh, Thumper looks at me, and he says, with all sincerity, he says, hey, man, do you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Uh-huh. And I did not expect that to come out of his face. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I was still waiting for F-bombs and everything else, you know. Right. Uh, you know, because I'd already judged the book by its cover. Cause that's what, right. You know, I didn't want anybody to judge me, but I was sure going to be busy judging everybody else. You know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know the plight of being a human, you know, uh, yes. hypocrisy, you know. And anyway, <laughs> I just started to pour my heart out. I was like, look, man, I went to church in the past. We had some trouble. This is what happened. I don't like church folks because of it. And I, you know, I even led worship for a little bit. And I just, I don't, I'm not into playing church. And he said, well, that's all good. He said, but I didn't ask you about church or church folks. <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, I'm like, what is this guy getting at? He's like, I asked you, do you know Jesus Christ? And, uh-huh. and I was like, yeah, man, I know him, you know. And, and he was like, all right. And uh, so then we go to have that band practice the next week, and we're jamming and everything, and, and I've kind of slept back. I'm drinking a few beers there, and I asked the drummer, hey, do you want one? And he said, no, man, I'm I'm done. I'm, you know, I'm back back to living for God, and I'm done with all that, you know. And, and I was like, Thumper, you want one? And he's like, no, man, I'm good. I just, I could drink one. He said, I I love God, and I just, I, I don't mess with it, you know, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then uh-huh. Pepper's like, hey, man, didn't you say you used to lead some worship? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, uh-huh. why don't we do some? And I was like, will you leave me alone if we do? <laughs> <You know? laughs> and and he was like, sure. And, man, the, the next thing I know, it went from just playing a song. It felt like Jesus was walking in the room with us, man. Really? It was, it was so powerful, and it was obvious, and it was on all of us, man. And I just tears just started streaming down my face, and and it was like God had revealed to me, look, I keep trying to give you what you're asking for, and you just don't see it. It's right, right here in front of you. Here's people, yeah. 
in your life. <laughs> you know, right. I'm like, here's the people. Yeah, you know, and it's like, and then I, I was looking for something to complain about with them, but there just wasn't anything. You know what I mean? And I just kind of <laughs> how he was wrong, and these people wouldn't work. <laughs> yes. You know, um, and then just over time, you know, Thumper started inviting me to church, and uh, I didn't know where he went to church, but I just kept saying no, you know. Uh-huh. Well, finally, he says uh, one day, me and my wife had just gotten into an argument, um, and uh, I I was just at a loss, you know, and, and uh, he showed up right afterwards, and I was thinking, Thumper, this is a bad time, you know. Here's me being mad at my wife right now. <laughs> right. I want to be mad at somebody. Yeah, so th- why do you do it here? And then he says, hey, you guys should come to church with me. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was going to cut this off real quick because I can be sharp, you know. I said, oh, yeah, who's the pastor? Because I knew I could say something bad about I knew almost every pastor in town, you know, and I could say uh-huh. something bad about yeah. him. Well, and then he said, well, the pastor's Bruce Nealon. Okay. Who's <laughs> the nicest guy you'll ever find? It, not only that, listen, uh, you know, in 2008, he came to my house because me and my wife were, uh, had an argument, and I called, you know, and he showed up. And when he showed up, he didn't act like a cop at all, man. He came right. in, and, I mean, he asked a few cop questions, you know, but then the next thing you know, we were sitting there picking guitar together, you know. Yes. And, <laughs> and, um, and he said, well, as long as everybody's safe, and he was like, yeah, I just got mad, and he said, hey, man, I wanted to tell you about something. I said, what's that? And he said, uh, you know, I know that you know my son Gideon. I said, yeah. And he said, you used to uh, date one of his uh, friend's moms or, or sisters, Lori. And I said, yeah. And he said, if I remember, you drank pretty hard back then. I was like, yeah. And uh, he said, well, we're, we're doing a Celebrate Recovery on Thursday nights. And this was back when okay. Deb Ford was – was a part of the Celebrate Recovery, and he said, you ought to come, and and I said, I will. Of course, I had no intention of going. I just wanted to get the cop out of my living room because he was <laughs> talking to me about Jesus and being sober and all kinds of stuff. Right. You know? so, well, then years later, um, a very, very dear friend of mine uh, passed away, Sean Hodges, uh-huh. and, uh, and at Sean's funeral, God had put it on my heart to do a song, uh, the third day song, Cry Out to Jesus. And okay. and I went and I did the song, and then Bruce did the service. And um, I thought, oh, what's this cop going to say about my friend who I love, you know, yeah. who, who died in, in the same kind of stuff, you know, that we were right. struggling in, you know. Exactly. And then he gave the most compelling message on love, the love of God, that me and my wife had ever heard. And you know what we said that day? We said, if we ever go to church anywhere, it's going to be where he preaches. Uh-huh. <laughs> now here we are a few years later, and Thumper is saying, hey, you want to go to church? And I'm saying, who's the pastor? And he <laughs> says, Bruce Beeland and me and my wife looked at each other just with desperation in our eyes. Uh-huh. And we looked at each other, and we both knew that this was about to change everything. You know, I don't know how we knew, but we just knew, you know. And and I'll tell you, we went, we stepped foot in Crane Christian Church, and uh, God, through his Holy Spirit, through Bruce, loved on us like we had never been loved before. And 
and everything changed, man. I just, uh, God began to convict my heart, and and it wasn't anymore about trying not to sin. It it was just about enjoying being in the presence of Father, you know. Right. Mm. Just, just being at home. You know how good it feels to be at home where your yeah. parents love you, you know. And, right. Sure. And and listen, I know how I love my kids, and I'm convinced that my God loves me exponentially more than I love them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, um, I didn't understand a lot of things about God because, uh, you know, my, my doctrine was bad. I thought God was the big guy in the sky with a hammer waiting to hit me in the right. head when I did sure. something wrong. But but now, Neil, I, I've got the revelation of who he really is. Listen, yeah. Adam and Eve were in the garden. And God said, don't do this because if you do, bad stuff will happen. Yeah. You know? And then they do it and the bad stuff <laughs> happens. You know? And when I say they did it, I did it too. If any of us has ever not believed God, we did the exact same thing that they did. You know? Right. And then after all of that, this is the most powerful thing that I never saw in the Bible until Pastor Bruce read it. It says, and God made them clothes of animal skin and covered them. The significance to that, man, they were hiding from their father because they were naked and ashamed. Uh-huh. And he took something beautiful that he created that he said was good, and he gave it up so that he could cover them in their nakedness and their shame so they wouldn't be afraid to be in his presence. Yeah. Wow. That, that thing, it just always amazes me how many different things that we can just stumble upon and never really see until we're ready to see it. You know, and, and that's the thing, you know, just like uh, Jesus said to Peter, who do you say I am? And he said, I believe that you're the Christ, the Son of God. Yeah. And he said, blessed are you, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but it was my Father that was in heaven. Right. Well, well, why did that happen? Because those who hunger and thirst after righteousness will be filled. Right. People who are looking for the truth are going to find it, and he is the truth, and he is love. And he is a spirit. And so you're going to find that spirit of love if you're looking yeah. for the truth, you know. And um, and now, man, uh, every story I read in the Bible, I realize that I have the revelation that it's just the gospel again and again uh, yeah. and again. And it's the good news over and over. You yeah. messed it up, but he made a way where there seemed not to be a way. But then, Barry, you messed it up again, and then he still <laughs> made another way. Where there seemed not to exactly. be a way. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's just, it's overwhelming, man. And once I got that, I thought, how in the world can I not spend the rest of my life making sure that everybody else gets a chance to get that too? Yeah. Well, you know? and I guess that that would be the thing that, like, what are the tips that you would give people that are just starting on this journey or at any point? in life or whatever, just something that you could tell them that they might not have thought of? Well, you know, I think the biggest key for me was don't get offended. Because if you get offended, you can't grow, you know? Right. And I remember I was trying so hard, 
because that's what we do. I mean, Adam and Eve were trying hard in the garden. They were sowing leaves together, and <laughs> sure. you know, yeah. they were they were on the job, you know, trying to right. fix this. And here I am, and I'm trying to learn all this scripture, and you know, and I'm reading the Bible, and I'm praying, and you know, every time Bruce is talking about something, I'm like, I'm raising my hand because I have to tell what I know, and I'm so excited. You know, I'm like, <laughs> a, I'm like a little kid that's just learning, and but right. I remember, you know. I was learning all this stuff in my head and uh-huh. I was able to recite it and I was able to look at everybody else and tell them how they needed to apply the word of God to their life. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but, but what I wasn't able to do was here in the spirit. Listen, we can all stand on the side of a road and hold up a sign that makes some girl feel bad about an abortion she had, you know what I sure. mean? Or, or yeah. make, or make some drug dealer feel bad about uh, selling drugs for a living. or But right. not everybody can hear God's Holy Spirit and be like Jesus and say, I have to go through Samaria. You know, yeah, and exactly. end up at that place where that woman is sitting at that well at that time and know yes. exactly what she needs to hear to change her heart and her life forever. One uh-huh. person. He he, yeah. he didn't go to preach to the multitudes on the hillside. He he, he greeted drink after her, you know. He was like it was an incredibly awesome thing that he did. Yeah, and and guess what? It made no sense to religious people. Yeah, made, made no sense to uh, you know uh, secular people. It made no sense to her who was a you know she was uh, had a mixed religion. You know what I mean? Which right. Was, and a picture of the American church, <laughs> you know. Yes, she was a perfect picture of the American church. <laughs> yes, because just like just like uh, she did with Jesus, I mean, she was trying to tell the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords what doctrine should be like. Right, know? exactly. And he, Why she should not? Yes, uh, it should not apply to her. Yeah, and what and what what he's trying to tell her is look. I'm not trying to tell you how to get to the drink. I'm telling you I am the drink. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like it's like I, I've had some friends that I love dearly, and they and they are just constantly pushing this. You know, we need to worship on Saturday because it's the Sabbath. Look, that's true. Saturday is absolutely the Sabbath. That's what it Every means. Every day is the Sabbath. But well, that's the thing. Jesus is the Sabbath. Yeah. We we did all of that to get to here with him. Right. To get to this place. He didn't come to do away with the law. He came and he fulfilled the law. The law was a curse without him to us. Yes. You know, but with him, it's fulfilled and we're blessed. The covenant is is taken care of. The curse is reversed, you know, and um, I don't know why as humans we keep feeling the need to backtrack, you know. Yeah. We're right back in the garden trying to sew them leaves together again, trying to do it some other way, you know? Right. And, I, you know, I, I've been teaching this series right now at the church called The Holy Spirit from Genesis to Revelation. Okay. And what it is, it's to give a right picture of two things, one, God's identity, and two, ours, you know? Okay. because Because that's where we're messed up, you know? And that's where I was lost was identity. You know, who am I? I'm who God created me to be. As many as believe, he gave the right to become the sons of God. You know, right. That's a New Testament scripture, but that's not a New Testament thought. That's, that's from the beginning. Before the foundations of the earth were ever laid out, 
you and sure. I were created to be sons, you know? Right. And and so the picture is, who is God really? He's the one who we didn't listen, but he, he covered us in our nakedness, in our shame. You know, uh, he's the one who Cain and Abel came and, and you know, and the whole picture of that, you know, I struggled for a long time. I'm like, what was wrong with Abel's sacrifice, you know, right. you know and, or Cain's sacrifice? Well, again, it was something that he did with his hands. It was the work of his hands, not the blood of a lamb, you yes. know. It wasn't, it wasn't something that God created that had to be given up. God was always saying, look, what you have done can't be fixed by any way but me. Right. You know. And and isn't that how it is when we're little and we break the vase and we hide it from mom and dad? And there's no <laughs> way I could glue that thing back together. But, man, my dad, man, he could glue it back together. He could build a car and paint it. He could, You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. He could do any of those things, but I couldn't. I was just a little kid, you know. I, right. You know? And, and that's what God is saying is, look, I love you so much. It doesn't matter how bad you break it. If you'll just bring it to me, if you'll just confess it, and you'll just be in my presence and be my son, I'll make it all right. You know, that's, that's, that's what a dad wants is to be with his kids. Uh huh. You know, yeah. all of them. It's his will that none should perish. Right. Not just the ones who who understood abortion or didn't understand abortion right the first right. time. Not just the the ones who uh, grew up in church or, and and never did drugs and I mean but uh, I mean no matter what we come from and the Bible shows it over and over again I mean look at Abraham I mean God made covenant with him and it changed everything and this dude came from a family of his dad made idols for a living you know what I mean <laughs> idol maker is your is your title. Yeah, you know, and, I, and God's like, see that idol maker down there? I'm going to use his son to set right. every captive free that will believe right. in me. And you know what we would have said? You can't do that. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't fit our religious mold, God. <laughs> yes, exactly. We can't be religious around that. You know, and so, and, and listen, and I'm and I'm still on the journey, and I'm, and I'm ankle deep in it, you know, and... Uh-huh. Uh, and and I'm gonna I'm convinced of this. We're all gonna get to heaven, and it doesn't matter if you had a you know 20 years teaching seminary and and everything else, or or if you're a guy who was on the cross next to Jesus who said, "Hey, right. when you get to your kingdom, would you please remember me?" Yeah, we're both gonna get there knowing the same amount of stuff because it's all right. gonna be what we thought was right is gonna be nonsense compared to the truth. Right. You know. And um, and I'm looking forward to that day. You know, I, I'm convinced of this. The reason that we will worship him the way we will worship him for so long is because he's going to take us to a deeper level of mercy and grace than we ever even knew. Couldn't yes. even fathom in this flesh body. It would kill it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. I get so overwhelmed by his love sometimes that I just feel like I'm going to die, but in a good way. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, and so... Uh, I don't know, man. My my best advice to anybody who is first on this journey, uh-huh. don't give up. Definitely don't give up. Just keep coming back. Yep, keep keep coming back. And guess what? If a person discourages you, don't hold that against Jesus because yeah. he never would do. He would <laughs> never do that. That's so right. 
You know, that's so right because people are going to discourage you. That's their job. Yep, that's a yep. job. Yep, but the yep. better job is to is to learn and to figure out how many mistakes you could make. Yep, <laughs> my so, pastor. Yeah, my pastor. He gave me some great advice. I, I've been doing ministry for about oh six years, and uh, you know, and I felt like I kind of destroyed a couple of them on my own, you know, um, <laughs> and I just was so discouraged, you know, we had just, me and my wife had just planted a church in Branson, it was growing, we had, you know, 100 and some 200 people coming to services, and then all of the sudden, we found out that the church planting network that we were working under was saying we didn't have any of the money we raised anymore. Oh, we're no. Like, <laughs> like, What? Well, that church oh my gosh. embezzled the money of our church and 80 other churches oh is what ended up happening. And um, and so with that, with that happening, we were so discouraged. I felt like I'd tried so hard. I'd done everything right. I'd sat, I was telling God how good I was again, and I've been there before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Look how faithful I've been, God. Look at everything that I've done for you, you know. Look, look at all of this, you know. And and at the end of my fit, God did what he always does. He's like, are you finished, Barry? <laughs> and I'm like, I can't do it anymore. And he's like, good. Then I can do it again. Then, and exactly. it'll be good. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and so this pastor that I'm under now, um, serving at Ozark Mountain Assembly, uh, he's got a lot of wisdom. You know, he's been a pastor for, you know, 50-some years. And uh, uh-huh. He looks at me and and he he could see I'm so cautious, you know, from everything I've been through. Right. And he said, <laughs> he said, Barry, it's okay to make a mistake. Just make a new one. <laughs> it was like, what kind of graceful teacher have you put me under, Jesus? And he's like, one who knows me. <laughs> That's awesome, you know. And and uh, Pastor Bob has been so gentle, you know, with Who's me. Who's that, Bob? Who? Uh, Robert Johnson's his name. Okay. And he had... Like the old blues band. <laughs> yeah, and he, he, uh, he's an old... He, he grew up in Licking, Missouri, and um, and he uh, went through the Assemblies of God, and he ended up... Uh, he, he planted a... He did a few, few different smaller churches, and then he went to a little church in... Uh, oh, what is that town? Just that... Out over by Kansas City, I, I can't remember the name of the town, but um, he went and it was a little small church out there, and he served out there for I think thirty years. And by the time the Lord got done working, he was very involved with Teen Challenge. Okay. And, uh, and by the time the Lord uh, had kind of brought that ministry to its full maturity, I think he had somewhere around three thousand people, church members, and a school and everything else and just so many people that have gone from death to life, you know, and right. come to know the Lord and listen. One thing I can tell you for sure, too, your success in your ministry for Jesus Christ is not how many go to your church. Okay. I, I, can, is- I, can, I can tell you this. Um, I look at the people that God has ha- had encounters with, you know, supernatural encounters with in my life. Uh-huh. And and some of the people that have the most fruit in their life were people that Holy Spirit said to me when I saw somebody in my hotel lobby, hey, go and talk to them. 
yeah. you know. And I would get over there and I would see their pentagram or their and, – and you know what the Holy Spirit would say? Just like you, lost identity. Right. Exactly. They don't know who they are because they don't know who I am or how much I love them, you know. And, right. and, and God would just give me the exact words to say, just like Jesus knew what to say to the woman at the well. And, yep. you know, those personal encounters – where there's no denying that it was God, you know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love revivals, and I love big services, and I love sure. small services, and I love all that stuff. But there's nothing more intimate and more beautiful than watching somebody break before the Lord and fall in love with Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, and then to see it become real in their life, you know. Yeah. I, I'm convinced that I've led more people to a true walk with the Lord in those instances than I ever have behind the pulpit. Right. You know, and listen, the marketplace, I, I'll tell you the truth, in 20 years, I don't know if church will even look like it does right now. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it will. I, I think we're going to see uh, our most powerful services at our church are at my, my friend Donna and Roland's house on Wednesday nights. Oh, no. We eat dinner together, we pray, we continue in the traditions of the apostles of breaking bread together and praying and studying the word of God. And we're seeing people get set free from, you know, all kinds of different things. We're seeing uh, people rededicate their lives to Jesus, people getting saved. Um, The other Wednesday night, I couldn't make it. Something happened at my work. Uh And, uh, and I felt something. I knew God was doing something. At first, I was upset that I couldn't go, but then I said, you know what, God? I'm your son, whether I'm here or there or anywhere. Yes, exactly. And there was a guy that ended up in our hotel lobby. He was staying there. A guy had made a a false reservation that didn't have a good credit card on it. And so this guy came down for a week to stay at the hotel and work. And turns out he didn't have a good good way to pay or a reservation or anything. And uh-huh. um, you know, as as a as a manager, protected of the hotel, I, I'm thinking I've got to get this guy out of here. Sure, but being sensitive to the Lord too at that same time, God God said you can do your job, but you still need to minister to this guy. And I'm like, right, okay, okay, God. And before it was all said and done. While they were praying for me while I was at my work, uh, the Holy Spirit used me to lead that young man to the Lord right there in the hotel lobby. Really? And he gave his life to Jesus in the hotel lobby, tears and snot, serious as a heart attack. And then he messaged me the other day and he said, hey, man, I'm still walking with Jesus, you know. Uh-huh. And he said, I got plugged into a church and, uh, you know, I've got a good job. And, and he said, God's done so much, you know, and. Uh, when when I first had started talking to the guy, he had just gone to jail. You know, at first he wouldn't tell me anything. But yeah. after a minute of loving on him, he had just poured out his heart, you know. Yeah. And if you'll just show people that you care, then people will share with you their heart, you know. Sure. And and then God can do something with it, you know. But it has to be offered first, you know. And that's right. That's what the the Word of God says. You make yourself a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, for this is your first true spiritual form of worship. That means here I am, God, and my only agenda is your agenda, whatever that is today. And, man, that's how miracles happen. (laughs) When you you say yes to a supernatural God and you say, God, I'll be your bucket today, 
take the crap <laughs> yes. that's out of me and get rid of it. Rinse me out Sorry. enough and fill me up so I can dump you out somewhere, you know? Right. So, anyway, that's I just... That's amazing. Yeah, man, I, I've I've had so many people that have encouraged me along the way, too, you know? <laughs> I just, uh, you know, and, and unlikely people, you know, God, God uses, of course... We we know God will will use a donkey too, and you know yes. raise up worship. <laughs> use my church story, so it's got to be good. <laughs> well, you you know my friend Chad said not too long ago, he said something. He said, "Why is it that we hold worship pastors to a lesser standard than we do the preachers or the teachers?" Um, you know, and it's not to get legal or dogmatic, but man, worship is important. Um, yes, it's so important that if you do it wrong, sometimes you get kicked out of heaven with a third of the angels. Oh yeah, you know, and and it really began to speak to me of how important that platform of worship is—not just the music, but the prayer, you know—and and setting the tone for everybody else there who is there to worship God. And listen, of course, we don't just worship him at church. We worship him in the way we do our job, you know, and yeah, the way we handle our friendships, you know, the the way that we uh, treat our parents. You know, Jesus was big on calling people out on that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, definitely. It's like the, the Bible says, honor your mother and father and the Lord, and then you lie and say you're helping them and don't even pay your tithe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? I mean, he... He's pretty good at calling out religious folk, you know, and, and and sometimes I laugh about it, and then it turns out I'm the religious folk he's calling out. So <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So anything else you want to say before we call it a day? Well, what a day we've had. <laughs> I, I just I just want to I I'd like to close with a prayer, man. I want to pray. Oh, for do you. it, man. Do it. I know I know that Satan has come to steal, kill, and destroy, and you know that God has come to give life and give it more abundant. Definitely. And, and you know, uh, in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, another one of my life scriptures, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not into your own understanding. Right. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he'll make your path straight. And, man, when God says all, he means all, you know. So in all of my ways, acknowledge him. And we can be real big on acknowledging, well, the devil's doing this to me, and he's doing that. Yeah. God, didn't, God didn't say acknowledge him. Right, exactly. God said acknowledge me. Listen, when right. Paul talks about what he went through, he acknowledges God, you know. Right. And and so I just want to I want to pray, you know, for, for what God is doing and how he's using you in this. Uh, podcast and uh, ministry, what, whatever people want to call it, but it's ministry sure. to people, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, that just as you become a part of other people's healing, that you receive your healing in the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. And I believe that completely. And and I and I said this the other Sunday at church, you know, and I, and I believe this to be true. Listen, God can take a completely crippled and lame person and, and make them up and walk. But I'm to the place in my life with Jesus where I'd rather be crippled in a wheelchair and know I have an eternity with him than be whole right. in my body and lose out on what I could have an eternity with Jesus. You know? Exactly. And, and I just, 
I want to pray right now, God, Lord, we just give you thanks, God, for this time that we've had, this time of testimony, because you said we've overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. And so, God, we thank you, God, that you do give us endurance. And you said those who endure till the end shall obtain a crown. And, God, we don't want that crown so we can say, look at what we got. God, we want that crown so that we can give it to you in place of that crown of thorns that you wore for us, God. We just give you thanks, God, that your love goes so deep, that your mercy, it says, is new every day. It's so great, God. And, Lord, you have mercy on our bodies that we can even breathe and have this conversation, God. That's by your grace and your mercy. Yes. God, and we thank you for that mercy. And, God, we know that if it's for us, God, you're no respecter of persons, but you have that for every person who's listening. And, God, if there's anybody out there that is hearing any of this and they need encouragement and they need restore, restored, they need restoration, God, if they, if they need lifted up, God, Lord, I pray that you would supernaturally right where they're at, God, Lord, that you would breathe your life-giving breath into their life, God. Right that they would breathe that in, God, they would receive it, God, and they would know that what happened here today was because of you, God, because of your love, because of your mercy, because of your grace, God, and because of your desire for them, God. And, Lord, I pray that me and Dale would just continue to believe that and to continue to walk in that in a way that it leads other people. It says if we exalt the name of Jesus, it will draw men unto him. And, Lord, I just pray that with everything we do in our life, from here forward, that that's what we do in Jesus' name. Amen. That's an amazing prayer, and thank you so much. Thank you, Dale. I, I appreciate you, and I, I'm a, and I'm glad I'm not the stoner kid on the street anymore. But, <laughs> but I'm also I still glad. like the stoner kid. You know, hey, he was I a mean, good guy. I, I, I would I would hang out with him, but I probably wouldn't let him around my house too long. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. I think that Barry is an inspiring tale. And remember, check us out on either on 15-Minute Miracles or on DaleWileyShow.com to learn more and hear more inspiring stories.